As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to From the Recruit. My name is John, uh, and it's currently 82 minutes and 51 seconds on my television uh, into Watford away at Wickham, uh, where it's currently 1 1. Um, with Jason. You are right, Jace? Uh, ask me in 10 minutes. <laughs> and do I dare, Mike? <laughs> Yeah, this will teach me to look forward to a Watford game, won't it? I've got, I've got a couple of days off. I thought, oh, I go home and relax and watch Watford. Then saw the team and I thought this is going to be great. And uh, it's it's been the opposite of great, hasn't it, really, so far? Well, why do, why do you think it was going to be great? What was it? Well, because for all the reasons that we've spoken about in the in the recent podcast, I thought this this team is really coming together nicely, looks strong defensively, looked to be improving in midfield, getting more of a, you know, we, we talked about a man-of-the-match appearance from from Chalabar. And I was just, uh, and I, I thought we might see a, a more heavily rotated side tonight. And the fact that we didn't, the fact that we had people like Saar and Kapu, um, some real big-name performers back in the uh, in the side uh, against a team who is struggling for in, at the wrong end of the table, gave me cause for for optimism. I did say, didn't I, in the podcast on 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 Saturday that this is the sort of game that that Watford have, have struggled in. You know, we are the team that you want to play if you're struggling for a for a win or a result. And unfortunately, it's uh, it's turned out to be like that. Yeah, but defensively, Jason, it hasn't been that much different, bar Christian Cabaselli's weak moment when uh, when they scored. Yeah, it, I mean, it probably doesn't help that we've been giving the ball away anyway, which invites pressure on. But then when we've had to deal with it, we've not dealt with it very well. And I think Wickham's play has perhaps been more expansive than we might have given them credit for. Yes, they've used Akin Fenner as a target man, but it's not been straight up to him. They've been committing men forwards. They've been getting the ball wide. And sort of the manner of the way they've been delivering the ball to Akin Fenwa and Cashgate's been awesome uh, for them tonight. He's played off Akin Fenwa so well. He he knows exactly what's going on, where the ball's going to end up. And he's the one reading what's going to happen. 
picking the ball up, getting into dangerous positions, finding pockets of space, and we just seem to have struggled to deal with it. And then, again, you look at, at what happened when Cabaselli went off injured. The reason it happened was because he stood off Akin Fenwa, decided he didn't want to challenge him, decided he was too, too much of a beast for him to deal with. He's then caught between two players, ended up sort of going in late on the challenge to, for the flick on, given the free kick away anyway, and ended up hurting himself because he's gone in half-hearted. And that kind of sums up where we are defensively tonight. Yeah, I think I think you're right to give Wickham a bit of a bit of credit, um, Jason, because, you know, this is the league we're in. We play the teams we're in and, you know, it's a bit jarring, I guess, for us Watford supporters. You know, the, the last time Ishmael Assar scored, for example, was his brace against Liverpool, the uh, league European and World Cup club champions and now here we are against a team who hasn't picked up a point in the championship and and struggling but you know to give to give Wickham their their due they've played the ball around nicely in front of the penalty area and you summed up perfectly they they found little pockets of space and a couple of dinks through and and found themselves in space and really without without Ben Foster and I know that's a moot point because we do have Ben Foster but he's had to make probably four reasonable saves pretty decent saves to keep to, to really to keep it to keep it respectable hasn't he and how many saves as 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 the as his counterpart have to make not many i would say john for you to su- suggest that the the defense has been up to its usual standard i'm i'm not sure i think they've been found wanting by by a wickham side who's who is desperately low on confidence and hasn't had much joy at all this season but watford have found it very very hard going defensively jason alluded to it there as well our ball retention has been poor, and our use of the ball when we've had it has been has been shocking. Very early on, sort of saw Capoue try and switch a ball, one of his expansive balls out. I thought, oh, look at that! Here we go. We've got Etienne Capoue back, and I was just waiting for someone to trap it. And before I realised, it was just sailed straight out for a throw-in. And I think that was quite early, probably fifteen minutes in, and that 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 sort of set the tone really. I think Watford have been slack and slapdash and, and, and deeply, deeply disappointing. That's all without, you know, being disrespectful to, to Wickham Wanderers. But, we, you know, this is a Watford podcast. We, we looked for a performance from Watford and uh, it's, it's, it's not been great. Um, I can hear in the background there muttering from uh, Arlo Mike. Uh, Incredibly grumpy. Is, is he taking on his father's persona, not his mother's persona at the moment? Yeah, Arlo, how would you describe your mood at the moment? Shout out. He said he can't because he doesn't want to swear. Uh, <laughs> so definitely his father's persona. Definitely his dad, yeah. The thing that got me excited and the thing that you sort of said, we, you know, we're not passing it well. The one thing I thought we were going to be with Etienne Capu starting this game, his first start, you think, amazing. He's going to be pinging it here, pinging it there, pinging it everywhere, bringing in Ishmael Azar into the game a lot more, do- dominating that midfield. And he really hasn't, has he, Jason? No, and I th- and again, sort of, we talk about our defensive slackness. Again, you got to give credit to Wickham because they've been they've been pretty solid. It's been rare that they've let us get behind them early. I don't think they've given Saar or Pedro the opportunity to sit on the on the shoulder and and get behind where the opportunities perhaps have come. And certainly, only in the first half, I thought was when we were in advanced positions. Kiko was sort of breaking the line and we had opportunities to get the ball to him and we weren't and really that's been the only sort of gaps that that I've seen in the Wickham defence where we've possibly had chances to break through but other than that they've been they've been pretty solid and not allowed us much at all oh we've just seen the ball go in the net for Wickham Foster 
in the 91st minute, but clearly a foul on Foster. Well, it seemed to be on the replay. It is. Yeah. He is backed in. Yeah. So that was 90, 91st minute, and it came from a, a Wickham corner, uh, a vicious in-swinging corner, um, and I think probably the goalkeeper's always going to get the um, get the get the shout there. The guy did sort of stick his backside into Ben Foster, and probably, you know, ninety-nine towns out of a hundred, you're going to get that, that as the goalkeeper. But it just goes to show, you know, that was a brilliant ball in from from Wickham. I mean, this guy has scored from corners fairly regularly, and you can see why. But how many times have Watford put a ball in? Like that in this in this fixture, not not very many at all. From and Jason said there, you know, um, Kiko's got forward a couple of times, Semmer's got got forward a couple of times, but we just haven't we just haven't asked any questions like that. And it's you know the final final last knockings. We are desperately hanging on here. There's uh, two and a half three minutes left of injury time, and it's all all Wickham Wickham are bottom of the league, and they they had a reasonable result against Norwich at the weekend. I think they they probably were unlucky to lose two one. I think, but really, you know, what for. Watford just need to be better. You know, largely speaking, it, when Watford's poorer performances this season have come when we haven't been able to get a grip of things in midfield, and this this has just been one of those games. I think we I think we desperately miss Chalabar. I think it's ironic that we mentioned you know that we've been quite tough on him over a period of time on the podcast and then have welcomed his return to form, culminating in that man of the match performance against Bournemouth at the weekend, and and then he gets the man of the match, and then he's. He's left out. I think we've missed him today, and I think Kreena looked out of sorts from the get-go. I don't think he really looked like he understood what the, where he what his role was and what impact he was expected of him. He had a he had a good impact against Bournemouth coming in as, on as a sub, but he didn't sort of stamp his authority on this game at all from very very early on. And I just think in midfield we we were very very lacking, very lacking from from minute one, and it's um, and it's yeah, it's just. It's just been incredibly frustrating, but the midfield an issue as well as the as well as the defence. So let's decide, oh. Jason. <laughs> across the goal, Glenn Murray, Glenn Murray could have got us the win. Queen Ed was having definite uh, a bad Queen game. Nothing was sort of coming off for him, and no passes were particularly going where he would have uh, creatively wanted them to go. But I, I still think there's there's that that feeling I, I get from the Tsar and Pedro front line Jason where I just think it lacks a, a something to, to help them out really. We go back to what we said earlier they're not out and out strikers you can see them playing in a front three not in a front two with someone like a Murray or a Dini or a Parisa in between the two of them. I've already spoken about Akin Fenwer and Kashket and how well they've linked up together you could see positionally how close Kashket was to Akin Fenwa during the game, particularly in the first half, where Kashket knew exactly what was coming. He knew what to expect from from Akin Fenwa. Akin Fenwa knew exactly where Kashket was, whether he was behind him and he needed to hold it up, chest it off for him, or if he was making a run pass and flicking it on for him. And we don't really get that. Part of it's because of the way we play, but we don't get that get that with those two guys because they are not a strike partnership. They I think they would be best utilised as part of a front three. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. From the Rookery End. 
a podcast about life following Watford FC. Final whistle, 1-1, uh, way at Adams Park for the Hornets. Uh, but Mike, we did score a goal. It was from Saar, but as a partnership, Pedro and Ismaila just haven't haven't really shown, at any point really shown a partnership developing. No, and I th- and I don't think that's really I don't think that comes as any surprise to anyone. I think the so why keep starting with them then? Well, because the, the, I think there's a lack of there's a lack of options. Uh, Paritza had a. So I wasn't actually that impressed with him against against Bournemouth. I think we we could we could have got a little bit more from him on against Bournemouth. I think he went down too easily, but he took his goal well, and then you'd hope he was going to go on from that with a bit of confidence. But obviously, got what looked like a pretty nasty injury, and he's missing tonight. It does beg the question about Glenn Murray and how how he fits into this this Watford squad. Not to get not to get a start tonight, but I I can kind of understand it from a, with my sort of as a Championship manager or football manager, should I say, uh, Sports Interactive, mm-hmm. um, with that sort of head on. You would think if you're sat at home in front of your your, your PC picking your team, and you think, look, Ismail Assar in lightning pace capable of putting a good delivery in. João Pedro, very skillful and has popped up with, what, three pretty impressive goals so far this season. They should be able to to pick a way through a, a Wickham defence which has conceded a lot of goals so far this season. So I, I understand it. I, I do get it. It just, it just more often than not, it has, it just hasn't come off, has it? And it's, and it can be quite frustrating to watch. And I think, especially when the midfield doesn't, doesn't catch, I think it's even worse because you're, they're not getting the ball and they're not playing them in and they're not giving them a chance. I don't think we're, we're, we're not earning the right to play to their strengths, if that makes sense. I'll tell you where I think they have looked better is when cleverly has played in the advanced role in midfield. I just think he's played with a lot more energy and has, has shown a lot more desire to to get forward and link the two players. And I, I don't want to dig out Keener because we've, we've already spoken to him and we've spoken about him and we've talked a bit about where maybe he's lacking in past podcasts this season. But you do get the impression that when Keener gets the ball, he's either making the wrong decision or hanging on to the ball a bit too long and won't play the pass, whereas Cleverly seems to be a lot busier, a lot quicker and a lot more comfortable playing quicker passes and linking the two guys together so I wonder if if that has a part to play in the other two not playing as well as a a front partnership again looking back at that team we're ready to go we've had a couple of good performances not every performance has been amazing but we've talked about especially after that derby game where the the squad was set uh, after a great win against Blackburn we seem to be up to full speed but were we actually ever at full speed? No, I don't think we were. And I think Vladimir Rivic has, has alluded to that in various comments he's made. I think there was a there was a statement that I saw quoted today when he talked about at this stage what's important is is getting the points. And you know, if we go back to Jason's tried and tested uh, formula, win your home games and draw your away games, well, for the most part we're we're doing that. We could have we should have probably got a, a win against Bournemouth on Saturday and then we would have picked up a point here uh, and we would have been on track for, for, for the Bailey um success ratio. Um, so I, I think we still have to accept that we're nowhere near probably where where Ivic wants us to be. 
but that's not to say it hasn't been a really really great start and therefore we we're, we're, we're allowed to be positive and allowed to be hopeful and optimistic going in to a match against um, a side bottom of the league without without a, without a point you know that's their first ever point in the championship it's a it's a balancing act isn't it it's it's impossible not to be disappointed to not to win a game like that but also you have to view it in in context of the wider world of Watford and we are still getting up to speed we are still integrating players back into the into the squad you know we got very excited about Etienne Capoue coming back he's come back in tonight he started the game and I would say he hasn't had had his had his best game by by quite a long chalk Queen has st- struggled again as after uh, struggled after a, after a reasonable performance at the weekend so he's still trying to meld mould and get this side fully up to speed. I think that's a that's a great great phrase, and and I think any Watford supporter would say that we we we're nowhere near that. That's not critical. That's just that's just a realist realistic assessment of um of where we're at because you know we did beat Blackburn, but again similar to, to tonight against Wickham, Blackburn did do a lot of the running against us uh, from an attacking point of view and did get us bent out of shape on a number of occasions. On another day, you know we could have shipped three goals against Blackburn. On another night, we could have we could have let in three tonight so there's obvious cause for concern if that's the the right phrase I don't think it is I don't think it's cause for concern that seems we're being dramatic about things uh, agreed cause cause for for, for caution okay uh, and, and 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 cause for for pause and just to stop and assess and and absolutely not panic because ultimately we've, we've picked up a point playing pretty badly really I don't, don't want to labor the point but I think in all three areas of the pitch, we were very effusive on on Saturday. All three areas of the pitch, I think we we were found wanting today. If you play badly defensively, if you don't play great uh, in midfield, and you don't create much up top, it doesn't add up to to much, really, does it? Whether you're playing Wickham, Yeovil, Real Madrid, or Cheshire United under tens, you still need to to perform in in key areas of the pitch, and we just didn't do it. But that's going to happen over the course of a season, and it's less surprising that it happens now at this stage where the Still, there's still work to be done. I think it was definitely an off night, and clubs and teams have them. Anyone who's played sport knows that it just goes like that sometimes, and you could play until Christmas morning and not score and not shake yourself out of the funk. And it and it felt like one of those nights tonight. Watford didn't play well. They could. It's not one of those ones where you can just fight your way into form. It doesn't happen like that sometimes. Misplaced passes, just everyone just a little bit off the pace, um, and Wickham probably turning in one of their, their better performances of the season. So it, it wasn't our night by, by a long chalk. So I think it's good. Feet, feet back on the ground a little bit, but no reason to, 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 to really get too, too depressed or, or too despondent, says me. But you know what, Mark? You've helped me there. Actually, now <laughs> maybe it's the game's finished and that tense feeling you have is just, is just dropped away from me. But actually, you're right. I get why we were rubbish. I get why it could have been why we were rubbish. But I get why, we, why it can be good. I guess what is disappointing and what I think will will have upset Vladimir Ivic is the fact that you know I mentioned Saturday quite a little quite a bit and you know with for 95 you know with 95 minutes on the clock we were we were winning um and today against Wickham we despite not being great we were winning again we had that little bit of quality decent ball in one good ball in 
lovely finish for from Ismail Asaf, the goal. And then we've switched off once and, and let them back into the into the game. And what we've said about the Watford side in this current iteration, because I think, like I said, it's Vladimir is looking to evolve and, and move us forward as an as an attacking, more sort of fluid threat. But this in this current iteration, we can't afford to switch off because if we do, we're gonna to struggle to get back into into games as as proved tonight. And if you know, bar that one mistake, I think Cabaselli was probably found wanting for the for the header for the for the equaliser take that out of the game and we 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 nick a 1-0 win hugely fine margins at the moment isn't it which is it's easy to be disappointed and easy to be optimistic if that if that makes sense as you know jason i, I pick these questions to ask you and mike and i always choose who's the best person to ask this, these questions to jason what were the positives out of this game <laughs> i'm gonna come up with three positives two are players one i think it's probably quite obvious it's ben foster if it wasn't for wasn't for Ben, then uh, we we could have been staring down the barrel of a, of a defeat. Um, he made some pretty good saves out there. I thought the one from Akin Fenwell in the first half was one for the cameras more than anything else, but it looked good. <laughs> but no, he did he did have to to get down quickly for some of those and, and did well out there. And Kiko Femenya as well mentioned him earlier about him breaking through the lines when we were in advanced positions. Early in the first half, I thought out of everyone, he looked he looked the most comfortable on the ball where others were giving the ball away cheaply. We, we seemed to play the ball out for a throw on, uh, out for a throw in an inordinate amount of times. Whereas Kiko, I thought it was, yeah, just the class player we, we know he can be. Getting up and down the pitch, getting the tackles in, put a lovely cross in for the, for the goal. Top-notch performance from him. And the, the third positive was the way we play, even though it wasn't coming off, you can see what we're trying to do still. How we try to switch the ball from flank to flank quite quickly. Sort of all trying to play like Etienne Capu does. Trying to spray those those balls out wide. It, when it works, it looks good. You go back to the um, was it the ball from Kafka in Saturday's game. It was a, it was a thing of beauty. And we're not, even though we are struggling, or when we do struggle with our, our passing, we're not moving away from our fundamentals so to speak we are still trying to play that expansive football from back to front to try and catch teams off guard and even though it wasn't quite happening for us we stuck at it and when it and when, when it did work it, it did look good it just didn't happen often enough tonight just an off night yeah just an off night yeah I, I'm, I'm still disappointed I, I still think it's two points dropped Seven teams have played them in the championship so far and come away with maximum points, and we're the first team not to do so. We don't. We're not going to be patronising to Wickham or anything. They they deserve the point, if not more. But with the, with the squad we have, we should have beaten them. Quite yeah, fair and simple. It's three points dropped. Uh, sorry, two points dropped. And just just been looking on 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 social media after after the final whistle, and we all know that's not a, a barometer of uh, a, of the most rational thinking. Certainly not in the in the four or five minutes after the final whistle against the team. As Jason said, that everyone else has managed to beat. But I do think it is a, a just important to 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 be calm and rational. I understand why people aren't enjoying it because it's not you know there is no real fluidity going forward at the moment i think that goes back to my earlier point we have to be patient they're trying to build towards it and as jason rightly said there we are sticking to that and trying to incorporate it into our game we're getting there slowly um but ultimately you know we're we're third in the table at the moment so we're we're doing better than what 21 other clubs in the championship at the moment all 24 clubs will have a tough evening a tough afternoon somewhere along the along the line so 
it's it's how we react it's how we move on and and, and I use this word a lot but we look for incremental improvement John you asked whether this was a, a step backwards I don't think it it's a step backwards I think it's a it's a pause it's a it's a little stutter a stumble um and i think um vladimirovich will have will have learned from it and hopefully the the players will as well i mean it is a difficult place to to go adams park with you know the, the two other times we've played there in the league we've drawn nil nil and it's been very similar performances actually we just haven't been able to rouse ourselves you know but every time off to been there they have been on paper the better side probably by by quite some margin but that's three out of three times now we haven't been able to rail themselves to rouse themselves to turn in the performance befitting of the of the difference in class and I think a lot of it does come down to perhaps the surroundings and a subconscious sort of acceptance of where Wickham are in the pecking order and where Watford are there's no supporters there so a a difficult place perhaps and, and this sounds like excuses but just sometimes the sort of atmosphere, the things don't click into gear for you to get into that mindset to deliver that high, real high intensity, that high quality needed to, you know, because these are still championship footballers. And I've seen a few disparaging comments about um, Akin Fenra. And I think that's that's really unfair. You know, he's 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 a professional footballer who's still playing in the championship at the age of 38. He's a bit unconventional. You don't see many like him at that level anymore. But he's he's, he's proved to be very, very difficult to, to defend against. So I think just to sort of... Um, swat away all the there are mitigating circumstances it's still very very disappointed I'm still gutted but I, I just do think it's Watford supporters we need to be patient we need to give this we need to give this time because it is difficult we're coming up against difficult opposition it's difficult for Ivic to get to get things moving it's difficult for him to 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 get the squad together we're still waiting for players to get back and that has an impact on on everyone that's players that are in positions that know players will be coming back and putting their place under threat so there's so many moving parts still and I, I am trying to rationalise it a little bit. The bottom line is we should be beating Wickham. Our side that played today, you asked me at the start of the podcast, John, why was I excited? Well, because that was a really good side against, against a, on, on the face of it, a poor Wickham side. We should have won. We didn't. It's not the end of the world. And, and I still think that this this squad, this team has, has, got, has built a real solid foundation in the first, what, seven or eight games. Uh, and I said after, after Bournemouth, despite the, the, the disappointing nature of the end, despite the... the the sort of gutting feeling you can see. I'm still excited about the next game. And the same goes for tonight. Really disappointed for different reasons because overall the performance was 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 bad. But I don't think that this is a side that is one that's just going to roll over and sort of mope around the training ground until until they depart for, for Barnsley. I don't think Vladimir Ivic will, will allow it. And I don't think these players will allow it amongst themselves either. I think this is a different breed. I think there's a different culture. I think there's a different feeling about the place. It's a lot fresher. That that wasn't that wasn't articulated on the pitch at all tonight. It was lacklustre and and, and and not not impressive at all. But I think they'll be back on the training ground tomorrow thinking, right, they'll be talking amongst themselves about how they'll want to put that right. Um, and I think previous iterations of Watford will have just sort of uh, laughed it off or a bit of water off a, off a duck's back and they'd have just carried on doing what they're doing. Whereas I think this lot will feel like they've got something to prove and they, they'll be deeply disappointed with that and they'll be back into training tomorrow looking to turn things around very, very quickly. And that that's what excites me. I think... I think there's places that this team can go. 
Um, and I think we're just still very, very much at the starting line um, of, of of this particular race. And I just think we just need to be patient, keep our powder dry. There is there is a stack of matches to go, uh, and and you know we're we're in third place without really getting out of second or third gear. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the rookery end. So Adam, <laughs> Adam's Park. Um, was it worth the journey for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an experience. Let's put let's put it that way. I think it was a it was a bit of a culture shock for for some of the players. I don't think it was um, you know, some of the experiences that we've had in the past whereby um there's been sort of they they've looked completely shell shocked. I think there's enough sort of savvy players in that team to know what was going to happen. It's just when it starts to happen and happen and happen and you realise that Wickham are so up for it, they're pressing every ball, they're winning a lot of aerial balls. I mean, considering it was it was an aerial bombardment, especially in that first half with Adebayoak and Fenwa, you know, brilliant at what he does. But you know that comment of Troy Deeney when he said last, last year I was playing on one leg um, and I still scored 10 goals. Adebayoak and Fenwa literally was playing on one leg when he didn't have the ball he was he was hobbling around he had knee surgery not you know not that long ago and he's coming back into it yes he missed some you know chances with his feet but he was a real handful for for that whole game all in all it was a it was a bad night at the office for Watford but you know they managed to just get away with with a point so they have to be sort of grateful for that, but it, it, it was a it was a bit of a learning curve. So you spoke to Vladimir Ivic afterwards. How was he? Thankfully, he was he was very honest about it. He wasn't making excuses. He saw it for what it was. He saw it with the same eyes as a lot of Watford fans. He saw it as a poor performance. The players that were out there didn't do enough throughout the departments, from defence, midfield, and attack. They didn't do enough. The only person on on the field that that um, excelled themselves was Ben Foster, um, and Watford have have, you know, have to be very very grateful to him. I haven't seen a replay of of the goal um, that that was disallowed. I'm not sure how much contact that was, but I'm sure Ben Foster's um, GoPro will have a great angle of that one. <laughs> um, so you know we'll we'll get the. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if he if he cuts that one out. I'm sure he won't, but it, it will go in. He was very honest, and I think that. Hopefully, he will he will be able to sort of get into the players. And it sounded as if he knew that they need to learn from this. Hopefully, the players go, OK, right, if we ever come up against this sort of side again in this sort of scenario, then, you know, we are going to be better prepared. And look, at the end of the day, and I know I've said it once before already, they managed to smuggle out a, a point from it. And it doesn't need to be a performance that... Um, leads to sort of foundations crumbling or anything like that. It's a, it was a unique game with only one day full preparation day ahead of it. So the games have been coming thick and fast. And I think that, you know, they've got a point. Let's just get the hell out of here. Let's see what Vlad had to say to the press afterwards. Yes, yeah, tough night. We expect something like that before the game. You know, that we play against one team who 
who play uh, tough from the first until the last second of the game and today we didn't do our job on the best way how we can. Our opponent they are create more chances than us. Uh, we cannot be satisfied with the way how we play and uh, you know something what is not happened first time maybe some games previous uh, we work better but uh, not the way how we can. Uh, normally we need to learn game by game and to improve our our uh, performance. If our keeper is man of the match, that means we had a lot of problem. You know, we had a lot of problem in our defensive shape. Uh, second balls, it was most of the time from them for them. And again, uh, after the set pieces, we concede the goal. It's a uh, lot of problems in in in, in our games and uh, not just in defensive line. And in, when we had the ball, we we couldn't uh, create something. What we what we what we prepare, and uh, this is. Uh, something what we need to work game by game and try to, to, to be better. Interesting, Adam, about his about the substitutions, because it, it did seem a little weird after Cabaselli gets so injured that he, he didn't make that substitution. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big surprise. I thought when he called over Shallow down the line um, that <laughs> he was going to be coming on, and I thought that Tom Cleverley um, was going to be coming off and it was going to be Shalabar coming on for him. And then obviously in the intervening period, um, Christian Cabaselli went down. And just incidentally, I, I, obviously speaking to Ivic after the game, he said, you know, he, he got a big, he got a kick in the face effect, effectively. You know, there's a fair amount of damage and it might be that he needs an MRI. I think he's in quite a lot of pain. That's not going to be very helpful going into, going into the next game against Barnsley. But the, the situation was that Ivic thought that Watford needed someone to be able to play with the ball a bit better from the back into midfield. I don't necessarily know if that's what was called for. I thought that if you're going to take um, Christian Cabasele, you know, you're going to lose Christian Cabasele. The main thing that you want to do is put a like-for-like player who is willing to, you know, put his head on the line and, you know, just be dealing with high balls. At the end of the day, it didn't, you know, it didn't end up with Shalabar being beaten to a ball in the air and then everyone would have gone, look, if you'd had Ben Wilmot or Francisco Ciralta on, uh, then it would have been a lot different. But what I can say is that when that decision was made and Shalabar went on and then Glenn Murray went on and everyone was going, oh, right, hang on a minute. OK, so Shalabar's going at centre-back then. The look on the faces of Ben Wilmot and uh, Sierra in the corner was a bit like, oh, right, OK, cheers. Right, well, <laughs> I'm glad I came to this one. Let's let him explain exactly why he made that decision. It's the reason because we try to improve our game uh, with the ball. We try to improve uh, our ball position with one midfield player uh, who played uh, like one of three central defender, and it was one of the options uh, from the bench. Yes, I had two central defender, but in that that moment we the score it was one one, and uh, you know I try to take some some kind of the risk uh, uh, to improve our game and try to win the game. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Mike, it, it, it was what it was. We've sort of not happy with it, but we, we, we've accepted it, and we've got to go forward now to Barnsley. I feel a lot happier having listened to Vladimir Ivic actually, 
Um, and I often feel that way. I like the way he's, I like his honest assessment. I don't think he, he shirks away from his responsibility to deliver a team that can beat uh, Wickham. He mentioned, didn't he, that warned the players that t- Wickham weren't a team that had, that were worthy of zero points. They were, they were better than that. And also he'd have spoken to, like, like Adam said, about the, the culture shock. So he did allude to the fact he tried to prepare them. He said, we can't be satisfied and not for the first time this season. And, and I thought that was telling because, you know, I've been very positive this season, but obviously Vladimir Rivic is saying not for the first time. We've, we, we haven't done what we're supposed to have done. Um, and he used the word problems. And, and I think, I think that's right. I think he's, he's highlighting that. He said that Ben Foster is the man of the match and that, that tells us that we've got problems and, and he's right. I think it's refreshing to hear that from a, from a head coach. They're going to be working on it, aren't they? And I don't think he's going to, he, he, the other thing he said was they couldn't create what they'd worked on. So he has basically stood up in front of, of Adam and the, and the media tonight and, and Watford supporters and said, what we've worked on hasn't come to fruition tonight. That's, that's, the, that's the crux of it, isn't it? I'll appreciate that. And I think Watford fans need to listen to that this evening and, and say, well, he's, he's been honest enough to say that we fluffed our lines big time tonight. Um, a lot of our um, dress rehearsals before tonight haven't actually been that good either. And I think that's that's encouraging. I like the way he talks. There does come a time when the proof of the pudding has to be uh, in the eating and let's hope it's, uh, it's, it's tasting pretty tasty sooner rather than later. But yeah, I, I like hearing from him. I think, it's, I think it's good. You can feel the frustration in his voice. And I think as supporters, after a night like that, that's, that's important to, to, to sort of chime with. Thank you very much for listening to From the McQueen. We're back again, again after the Barnsley game. Thank you. Adam. An absolute pleasure, gents. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, thank you. And thank you, Michael. Hey, look, no problem. Come on, you golden boys. We've got this. <laughs> Up the football league we go. Come on, you all.